0: Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I am with Luke Silverberg, our farm bill biologist with Pheasants Forever out of Brown County today. Luke, thanks for joining and talking with me today.
1: Yeah, thanks Jen for having me. I'm excited to be here and uh, talk about cover crops and wildlife and all the benefits that are associated with them.
0: Absolutely. Well, why don't you talk about, you know, what's your background? Like, how did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, so I grew up uh, in Belt Plain, Minnesota, which is just south of the cities, and I went to South Dakota State for my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, and for my master's project I went out to western South Dakota and studied fire and grazing on the mixed grass prairie of the northern Great Plains to try and promote heterogeneity and improve ecosystem services. So we wanted to come up with an alternative to continuous season-long grazing. And we, we uh, looked at heavy winter patch grazing as an alternative to create this heterogeneity on the landscape to create different vegetation heights, improve diversity. And what we were looking for is results to improve the amount of birds that are out there, a variety of birds, incre- increase insects, pollination, uh, and, ju- and just increase um, all these ecosystem services that are provided from grasslands and then after i graduated there i came here and became a pheasants forever farm bi- farm bill biologist where i uh, help landowners enroll into voluntary conservation practices
0: excellent so that's really neat so you guys uh, used grazing management to improve vegetation and wildlife. So so we can have livestock out there as long as we manage it a certain way and see improvements for our natural resources.
1: Yeah, grazing is so beneficial to our landscapes and you know, I drive around here and and I compare it to where I came from while doing research and you see the landscape and it's pretty well grazed and it's almost as if there's no vegetation left. For the cattle or livestock to graze, so they're really not getting any benefits from that. They need to um, implement an alternative practice, or really manage and and monitor their herd or whatever they have out there. To uh, you know, to the the general rule is take 50%, leave 50%. So um, by doing that, and your your livestock's gonna gain more weight. They're gonna be healthier, and yet you're gonna provide benefits for wildlife and um, so yeah grazing is a, a great alternative to um, just letting it sit or or burning it. It's it's another way to create heterogeneity and, and bring ecosystem services to another level on the landscape.
0: Excellent, nice and so yeah now you're working with uh, farmers and landowners to implement voluntary conservation practices. What are some of the big ones that you work on
1: so i mostly focus on crp the conservation reserve program and uh, crep the conservation reserve enhancement program and uh, those are the two two biggies that i work with Um, and obviously crp is a a big component to wildlife habitat in the state of minnesota and south dakota and really all around the united states and um, it's definitely a down year as crop prices last year were fairly good. So I think we're gonna see a fairly low turnout with CRP, but it always fluctuates so it can it'll come back in a couple years. But that CRP program and, and CREP, you know, it really provides um habitat for pheasants and, and ducks that are nesting and insects, pollination, monarchs, all these um these wildlife, these insects get benefits from the CRP. And, uh, it's, it's super important to have, um, people in Brown County, we had a DNR report that said pheasants are up 128% or something like that this year. So we saw a ton of pressure from people around the state coming to Brown County to, to hunt pheasants. And, you know, there were so many people and the numbers started to dwindle and they're like, where are the birds? Well, an important place is this CRP habitat for protection in this private land. So that provides a huge opportunity for for safety and just other places for these wildlife, these pheasants, these ducks to go um, to to be protected and have habitat where they're not being pushed out.
0: Nice, nice. And now, is there? So we have the continuous CRP um where you can continually sign up for that but now we're getting into we have a general and a grassland sign up what are those about
1: So the general CRP is going on right now and that ends February 12th and for that one it has to go through a nationally ranking process where you put in an application and it goes up to the National Farm Service Agency and they decide who gets selected and who doesn't and the general crp program really focuses on sandier soils so the true marginal acres that are sandy hilltops saline soils um, versus the continuous sign up we focus on you know more the water quality the wetlands the filter strips so the general sign up is a little more challenging to get into because you have to put in an application and um go up to the national office to to see if you get accepted um and then the CRP grasslands which i think is coming out in march uh, takes in pasture land odd odds and ends areas just grassy areas that uh you know maybe there isn't cropping history and uh you can you can go into that and have an alternative if you don't want to farm it or you want to keep Grazing or your livestock out there, which is a like I just mentioned a huge benefit to the land if managed properly. So um, Both of those programs are are great and like I said the general closes on February 12th. So coming up um, So yeah, make sure you uh, get a hold of one of the farm bill biologists in your area or some local uh, NRCS people
0: Excellent, excellent. So now now getting into uh what what I really like talking about. Uh h- how do you feel about cover crops? So so you're a wildlife guy and you know you've done a lot of research with integrating um you know livestock and agronomy with wildlife. You know, what are your thoughts on cover crops?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh the new thing. No-till and cover crops are are going to be the new thing um in the state of Minnesota, the Midwest, you know as not everybody wants to convert back to native prairie. they they want to still farm, but they realize, you know, there's some some issues going on in the world, carbon sequestration, um, soil erosion, and cover crops really help with all of that. I mean, they they really essentially um, provide many ecosystem services that we all can benefit off of, you know, erosion control, The organic matter builds up in the soil to, to provide soil microbes and, um, just everything becomes a working community again and everything works together. And that's what you want to see to really have improved yields, improved crops. Um, and you know, I heard somewhere, it was a couple months back, but it said as humans, we, uh, you know we don't just eat one thing we don't just eat pizza every day, and so um when you talk about having a corn and soybean rotation you're you're feeding the soil the same thing over and over again well it's a it's a like a human we don't want that every single time every single year, so you need to add diversity and by adding cover crops in there, you know you add a new meal, you add something that um, can get the microbials, the, the funguses in the soil to, to work and, and, uh, really it helps improve, like I said, above ground diversity, it improves yields and there's just so many good things that come from it, um, water quality and, and, uh, so yeah, they're, I think they're great and like I said, I think it's going to be the new, the new normal to, for people to start implementing these cover crops and, um, you know, a big thing is, you know, I talked to someone the other day. We were out on a farm, and they were implementing 10 acres of cover crops. They just wanted to try it, and, you know, they can't look at yields from just the next year. It, it's a process, so they have to be patient with it and really try it for two, three, four, five years, 10 years, and you will see a difference, and, and there's results, and documentations of that everywhere Um, so if you're skeptical you know you can try 10 acres but make sure you follow through with it for more than one year and and really go out and and uh, you know test the soil do soil tests and and see the difference that it's making for for your soil community and um, you're going to see a big difference so yeah I think it's huge and uh, I haven't even gotten into the wildlife aspect of I'm a farm bill biologist A pheasants forever farm biologist so we want to talk about the benefits for wildlife and um, these cover crops are crucial if they're not terminated and they provide cover throughout that nesting season Um, i just had a a buddy of mine graduate from south dakota state university and his project was looking at duck nesting success in cover crops so it was through Ducks Unlimited. They provided funding, um, but they they looked at the success compared to native prairie, compared to cover crops, and they they found that these ducks and, and pheasants are utilizing these cover crops to nest in, and they're and they're being successful. Uh, it may not be as high as native prairie or tall grass prairie where they typically would nest in, but it's still providing cover and opportunities for wildlife to go in and nest, um, to have a successful brood and and keep the populations going for um, bird watchers, hunters, and everybody else that enjoys seeing wildlife. So um, it provides nesting success. Uh, It also, I talked about diversity. So having soil microbes provides diversity above ground and It it attracts insects so um, insects are coming in and and utilizing these cover crops well as a wildlife as a pheasant as a duck these chicks need insects this protein to to carry on their life cycle so they're going out and eating these chicks especially in the first first 10 20 days of their life Um, they're they're utilizing this protein from these insects and these cover crops are attracting these insects so a huge huge benefit there and um another one would be you know it, it provides cover so it it provides cover they can get a, away from predators and other things that are trying to eat them or destroy their nests so they can go out in these fields and, and nest and you know they might not feel as harmed as being somewhere else where it's fragmented or there's not very much habitat where they'd, they'd be successful um and let's see what else could I say about it um hens begin you know nesting in that may time frame, so if you're if you're gonna have a cover crop and you wanna you want it to help benefit wildlife, termination is a a big thing, and you don't wanna terminate it too early or crimping um crimping pretty much takes away all the cover or the habitat for for wildlife so letting that go throughout winter and maybe having it be green before you plant your your row crop your row crops your cash crops so it'll it'll be there or the the litter will be there as cover and nesting cover for these birds so um yeah it's 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 great for wildlife there's ample amount of opportunities to to expand studies and, and keep going with this so I'm excited to see the future of cover crops.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, so it's providing, you know, all this, uh, all these wonderful benefits to wildlife, especially in the spring. And the neat thing is while it's providing the shelter, it's also providing weed control. So we're not only just providing benefits to the wildlife, we're still getting agronomic benefits of suppressing weeds and managing our water infiltrations so it's really neat to see how far all these benefits really expand out there um it yeah when we learn more every year it's really neat isn't it
1: yeah it's it's something special and like I said it's going to be the future um of farming and and more people new generations are going to keep implementing it and it's uh it's going to be a special thing for wildlife and and I think farmers are going to really see yield, yield improvements. But like I said, and you have said, you got to be patient with it. Take a few years and and really um, try it and you will see a difference. And um, if you don't come and talk to someone from the Soil Health Coalition or someone from NRCS and they can give you some pointers of um, where to go from there and and ways to improve it. Uh, Maybe it's a different species. You can plant five, six, seven species out there at once or you can plant one species. So there's all these different ways to implement cover crops and uh, have it utilized on your property.
0: Absolutely. And uh, a colleague of mine a few years back, we did a study. um, Yes, it was Jackson County, Jackson County, Minnesota, uh, with Jerry Ackerman. And what we did, we um, we had a few fields and they were all in strip till. So they all had to reduce... Till set up um, and half the fields utilized cover crops, interseeding um, into the corn. Half the fields did not, and we made sure that you know they were set up very similar with different corridors. Uh, so you know we didn't have an imbalance of wildlife habitat next to the fields to skew any of the results. They were they were pretty pretty close, and what we found um, comparing the fields. The fields that had cover crop out there we had a 30 percent increase in wildlife usage of those fields and so well and that wasn't counting you know just like your regular songbirds either there was so many birds out there um, but yeah 30 percent increase in wildlife usage just by using the cover crops in those strip-till fields um, and that was neat but if you're going to do a study like that um, that's why you want to get an undergrad to view uh, trail cam pictures that are taken every five minutes or so. So <laughs> people interested in doing that, talk to others that have done the studies. So you set it up in a way that that you can really capture that information because it, it is really exciting.
1: Yeah, and so many colleges right now are taking the opportunity and studying these, these uh, conservation benefits from no-till and cover crops. So Um, use an undergrad use a graduate student and and there's there's a lot of research going on and uh, it's it's pretty exciting but uh, I was in South Dakota last weekend middle of January MLK day and uh, I was out bird hunting and we were just driving around looking at uh, different places we could hunt and we we were lucky enough to have private property but um, we hunted in a couple fields that were left alone and and no tilled where they had standing stocks and there was some corn dribbled around that maybe they they missed or the the header didn't get but um and then we hunted some places that were conventional tilled and, and tilled under so the soil's all black is what you see and it was the the difference was astronomical it was birds flying out of these little potholes these wetlands uh in huge numbers from these no till areas, and then you go to the places that were tilled, and there's no food, no cover, um no protection, and you know you're lucky to see one bird so it is a huge component of wildlife and um you know my dad and I always joke around uh why South Dakota has higher bird numbers, well, more people implement that no-till and in the cover crops and you you're around in Minnesota and it's sad to say but um you look around and everything's black and brown and the soil is is showing and there's no habitat or cover for these these birds to rely on besides the tall grass prairie and um that's very very remnant there's what one percent of tall grass prairie left so adding just no-till or adding cover crops you guys it makes a huge difference in the number of birds the number of nests um so if you're a hunter like myself it it's huge but it's not only benefiting me it's benefiting the farmer the rancher who's also doing this Um, and yeah like i said it's it's going to be special if we can keep going with the movement and trying to get more cover crops and no-till on the ground
0: Excellent. Well, that was a lot of really great information, Luke. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for talking with me and have a good day.
1: Yeah. Thanks, everyone.